The throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts. And because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. That was the case for me and a few friends this past weekend in Cleveland, the Thursday night football game. There were a dozen of us, and we waited just until the last few minutes on the Game Time app, and we were able to get a pretty good deal on tickets, and a lot of them together as well. And it is just very, very simple, easy to tap checkout, and then you're on your way. And not just sports tickets, music, theater tickets as well. So the Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download Game Time now in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Please insert additional coins. You honor me with your presence. Pokemon is so tiny, it hurts so much. Brad Diggler. Usually stronger than the average, and has a friendly attitude. Is throwback. We will not back down. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of The Throwback. Happy Monday, week 11, just about in the books. I'm Chris Meany of The Athletic, joined by Jake Seeley and Brad Ziggler, also of The Athletic. An interesting week, guys. Some chalk hit. Josh Allen, QB1, John Brown, wide receiver one, but some randomness for sure. And Jake, you and I were talking just throughout the day about some of the random touchdowns and, you know, the 14 rushing touchdowns from running backs, six of them owned in 20% or fewer of leagues. I mean, you want to include Kalen Balazs, who had nine carries for nine yards, owned in 37% of Yahoo leagues. He had a touchdown. And then just looking at wide receivers, 19 wide receivers with touchdowns, eight of them owned in 30% or fewer leagues as well. And then you get the receiving touchdown from Jeff Wilson, Tony Pollard. Uh, Jake, was that your big week uh, takeaway from week 11, just the randomness that it was? Yeah, actually, around two o'clock, I was already. You know what? I don't even care about this week anymore. Just <laughs> Give really me the week like, twelve. <laughs> I mean, like honestly, it's just it, like we. Ch- I feel like this is the fourth or fifth time we've already even said this. It feels like there's always one week, but this is. So there's been one weeks where it's like, oh, you had to have the three touchdown guy, or people blew up that you didn't expect, or like you know, crap situations turned out, whatever. And those are always mixed in, and that's why. Out there, everybody out there. That's why it feels like it's happened three or four times because those happen multiple times. Weeks like this don't really happen, but but once a year. This was hopefully the one and only. We never have to deal with this nonsense again. The litany of touchdowns that went to irrelevant players that will remain irrelevant even after yesterday was absurd and beyond frustrating. Brad, look at the guys who scored touchdowns, like especially the running backs, like Malcolm Brown. Bo Scarborough, where'd he come from? I mean, Gus Edwards, owning 7% of leagues, has a monster day, 112 yards on the ground, touchdown. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. I'm not going to even include him. (laughs) Yeah, but it just, just like all of these guys who scored, when I said the 14 rushing touchdowns, seven of them, I mean, the combined ownership is like 50% from seven of these guys. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it, it was, pretty random it was weird to watch the game flow of some of the games too because it, it feels like there's a lot of like especially in that game last night there was when the Malcolm Brown touchdown happened the Rams were in hurry up mode 
winning the game with about three and a half minutes left. And it was like they, they felt like that was the only way they could get any kind of rhythm and offense. And they just wanted, or, or maybe they felt like they had a matchup, uh, you know, on the field that they wanted to keep on the field. But they were, usually that's a situation where you try to milk the clock a little bit. You know, you want to you run the clock down each time. They were like, even on that play with three, like I said, three and a half minutes left inside the five, they snapped the ball with 33 seconds left on the play clock. Like it, it they didn't care one bit about milking the clock at all. It was just, they liked the matchup they had. And so consequently, Malcolm Brown ended up on the field, got the touchdown, you know, after we saw Gurley get the goal line carry earlier in the game. So it is completely random. You feel like you can't trust anything except that David Johnson is basically gone now. <laughs> well, we, no, well, I mean, we did say that Chris, last week. Yeah. You, you, Chris, you forgot Claudia Olson. You forgot Andy Jonovich. Oh, forget, I didn't forget. Yeah, Jakeem <laughs> Grant with a, hold on. Jakeem Grant with a receiving and, or not receiving, a rushing and a return touchdown to get him yes. like a bajillion points. And then, yeah, before you even get to the receivers, I mean, you had a ton there too. It's like, I mean, nobody was starting again after getting out snapped by Traquan Smith the week before. Farrah Cooper, Seth freaking Roberts is back. Marcus Johnson. Like, this was a stupid, ridiculously annoying week. Yeah. Well, I, again, I was just looking this morning and I didn't. You know, th- throughout talking to you and watching football, I just seen all these touchdowns, especially early. Like, oh, nobody has that guy. Nobody has that guy. Nobody has that guy. And then looking this morning, it's like, okay, fourteen rushing touchdowns. Six of these guys, the ownership, not even at seventeen percent. As I mentioned, Kalen K- Balage. I mean, who's even well, yeah, starting that about guy? Tight end too. Yeah, and I even I haven't even gotten there. I didn't even really. <laughs> Sprinkle bought... and Daniel Brown and bigger. I mean, oh like... yeah, it just just nuts. And and the Jeff Wilson thing was funny. I mean, this guy touched the ball once and it was receiving touchdown like just about twenty some yards uh and then obviously tony uh pollard gets in the end zone but you're right the wide receivers too i mean just taking a look at some of these guys like nobody had any of these guys and there were some disappointing no. performances from some big names i mean dj chark we'll get into him in a little bit with with nick Foles. obviously a huge showing from him marvin jones john brown these guys each had two touchdowns but you mentioned seth roberts ted ginn kendrick Bourne. ownership on those three guys combined eight percent in Yahoo yeah. Leagues, Philip Dorsett catches a touchdown from Julian Edelman, not Tom Brady. Uh, oh, that was the more annoying part of it. <laughs> I even got tricked in one of the games. Like usually a lot of, you know, I hang out with people. I'm sure you guys do the same thing. Anybody who works in this industry and they're like, who's this guy? Who's that guy? Who like, you know, and I'm naming them even before they show the jerseys. I even got tricked on the Broncos when I was like, is Hireman? Is he back? And I was like, no, that was Fumagalli. <laughs> like, like seriously, this is what we're doing now. But. Chris, I think don't, don't you want to go back to you said I didn't forget. I kind of felt like we were going to leave this off with let's talk about Allison and the Brian Hill letdown. Like, I kind of feel like we were that's where you were going to go. Yeah, and you said I, I didn't forget. Yeah, I was going to tie it all in for sure. And and I saw him tweet yesterday that you know he should apologize to his fantasy owners, but he doesn't care. He had a good laugh. Man, at see, and, look, and that's all. Don't in good be fun. an ass. Yeah, like, you, no, no. Like, see, like, don't ever tweet it for everybody out there that still does it. Stop tagging players. Stop tagging players. Even if it's like an article, like Chris wrote or I wrote or something Rad might have said. Like, don't turn around and then tag the player. And be like, did you see what this person said? Like, go snitch. Like, get the hell out of here. But at the same time, for the players, don't be that guy. Like, nobody nobody was saying anything. Just leave it alone. You didn't have to come out and be like, well, I don't care about you. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I, well, he, had, he did have a very, very disappointing game. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people yeah, are maybe supposed to spend some fab on him. This, maybe if you focused on being a better damn running back and not rushing for 15 for 30 yards against the most exploitable run defense in the year that's given up the most rushing touchdowns, maybe you focused on that and not your fantasy players, fantasy owners, 
you might have had a better game and not need to tweet out they don't care about you. How about you care about playing well in the field? How about that? Yeah, <laughs> well said. Yeah, and the, I will say the Falcons' offensive line is atrocious, and I don't know what the metrics look like yesterday for Hill, but w- watching parts of that game, he was getting like running from people. He'd take the ball and immediately have to go sideways. He couldn't even get to the line of scrimmage without having to dodge dodge tacklers. So. Um, it was frustrating to watch because I started him in a couple leagues, um, but at the same time, I don't I don't know how much of it was his fault because it just felt like he was running for his life all day. Yeah, 15 for 30. He caught one of his three targets for another eight yards. Kenyon Barner was, I, I, I suppose, quote-unquote sprinkled in. I mean, he had two carries for 15 yards. He had the return touchdown against his former squad, but very disappointing <laughs> output on the other side of that game, though. Carolina, like... The defense was is turned over from Dan Quinn in two straight weeks now. They've showed up. They've they've dialed up some pressure. Kyle Allen looked very very bad. Thirty one for fifty six point five yards per attempt. Four picks. He was sacked five times. Out of all of that, Christian McCaffrey was still able to have a solid day. Eleven catches for one twenty one. Yeah, I know. Well, at this point, I mean. He didn't even get he 200 didn't score yards. A touchdown, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I can only say solid. Uh, 14 for 70. So he has a really good day. DJ Moore has a good day as well. But um, I'll, I'll go to you first, Brad. Any concerns with Carolina going forward? Now all of a sudden they're five and five. They've lost a couple in a row, and they don't really look like a playoff team because if, that wild card. There's it, the NFC is just so tough right now, and if you're not going to get 10 wins, you're probably not going to get in. Yeah, and I, you know, out of nowhere, the last two games, the Falcons have a pass rush, and yeah. all of a sudden they're putting pressure on Drew Brees in, in Week Ten, and now Kyle Allen. I, I don't know what to think of them. I, I mean, DJ Moore still got a, a ton of targets, but it, it felt like th- they were having to throw the ball so quick that they weren't able to get anything done down the field. And and that's why, you know, McCaffrey ends up with 14 targets, more with 15 targets, but eight catches, 95 yards. Like, none of that's downfield. It it just was a, a you know, insta ball up the field. Anytime they took a deep shot, Allen threw a pick. And so they they just – I'm concerned from them because they – I think they felt like at, at least at one point a week or two ago – Kyle Allen might be their franchise quarterback. And I, like, after yesterday, you have to be questioning that. You have to be wondering, this is a, a Falcons pass defense that has been just exploited like crazy all year. And maybe they've turned it around because they shut down the Saints last week. And, and if they have, then good for them because no one has projected this. No one predicted this. It's, 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 you know, it makes me nervous. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously you still trust McCaffrey and Moore's getting his. But there's anybody else in there that I feel like I'm I'm confident playing. I mean, maybe Greg Olson in the the tight end landscape that is the the dumpster fire that it is. But it, it's not there. There isn't you know you can't play Curtis Samuel. He's a completely hit or miss you know hit or miss type player. And you know four catches twenty five yards isn't going to win you any fantasy weeks. A couple things here, Jake. You've always been in Cam's side here in his corner, and and all the talks will happen throughout the rest of the season and throughout off season and. I guess this kind of makes you feel a little bit better that the chance that they could just keep Cam. Also, you're not starting, starting Brian Hill no matter how desperate you are against the Bucks this week. <laughs> no, there's no chance. And <laughs> I was going to say, when you were saying that Kyle Allen looked very, very bad, you forgot out two varies for all the interceptions. You're going to equal it up Sorry. there. But, very, 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 you know, very, very, yeah. very, very, very bad. <laughs> but the truth of Kyle Allen, and now for everybody out there, no, I'm not saying he's ever going to sniff his jock when it comes to talent. But let's remember Peyton Manning threw three interceptions, multiple games as a rookie multiple and then two interceptions like half the season this guy threw 20 interceptions as a rookie and again 
I'm not saying Kyle Allen is anywhere near Peyton Manning. I'm just like, for one game, I understand the hesitation. And this is, as you said, Chris, is the reason I'm coming from this angle is because I have been, as soon as Cam Newton's healthy, he's back at quarterback. I don't care what the record is. I don't care how good Kyle Allen is playing. Cam Newton is a franchise quarterback. Kyle Allen might be one day. Maybe if he out, if he exceeds expectations, he might be. He's not. He's, I don't think he ever will be. And I don't think he has that talent. And I think the questions of this entire situation now that the people are going to reverse course. Is this because this is a sports that's reactionary and people are going to be like, Oh God, Cam Newton's got to come back next year. Well, what if Cam, you know, what if Kyle Allen comes out next game, throws for 300 yards and two touchdowns and no picks and they all of a sudden make it in the playoffs at nine and seven? Like, you know, are we going to have the same conversation? All like, let's be realistic about yesterday's performance just as a whole. It was a very bad game. Still for through 300 yards for, for fantasy purposes. We got what we wanted. McCaffrey, DJ Moore produced. Greg Olson had an okay game. The only real letdown was Curtis Samuel. There wasn't any touchdowns to be had because he threw for four interceptions. But I think the more interesting th- question you asked and what Brad was talking about is like, do we not have to consider that are the Falcons better and just also defensively than we have given them credit for? Like, or are they starting to turn a corner? Is there some talent here that we start need to dig into and pay attention to? Because just a few years ago, and they don't have a Marshawn Lattimore, but just a few years ago, the Saints went from being, oh, my God, exploit the living crap out of this team to you avoid them in the second half. And I always reference that because that was the year that everybody was drafting Falcons because they faced the Saints in weeks 14 and 16, and it turned out to be a bad matchup. Yeah, and the defense has been, yeah, I mean, we just, all of us have just talked about it. It's been great. They had seven sacks, I believe, heading into week 10. They had six on Drew Brees in that game, and then, you know, they were all over Kyle Allen yesterday, so they have Tampa this week. That's the biggest point. Is the pressure. Is their pressure. Yeah, they're certainly dialing it up. They look like a a very, very different team. Tampa this week, and Jameis continues to throw picks, and then New Orleans, and then Carolina. You know how many passes they deflected yesterday? Yeah, on Jameis, there was a couple that weren't really his fault. No, no, on Kyle Allen. Okay. Uh, no, Falcons. I don't yeah, the actually. Falcons, the five sacks, seven for a loss, and nine pass deflections yesterday. They hit the quarter. They hit Kyle Allen ten times yesterday. Again, to your point, it's like maybe all of a sudden this front four or even the front seven, like whatever it might be, these past two games have been ridiculous for the Falcons. And what wasn't that? Doesn't that coincide with when Dan Quinn turned the yes. play calling defensive play calling over to somebody else? Yeah, like yeah. He's, <laughs> right he's out, right out. Up better blitzes. Yeah, like, right out. We of the joked bye. about it last week. I said that was where he came from. That was his. Yeah. That was his job. <laughs> he got the job by being a defensive coordinator and being great. And so, like to your point, Brad, he turned it over, and all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, maybe you were the problem all along." Uh, I'm and, that, and that's what. But I give him credit at, at least to the point of like realizing, like, "Hey, let's get some fresh eyes in there," because Matt Nagy won't do it, and the the Bears are still a dumpster fire. Also, so <laughs> like they, like at least some coaches can realize when they are either not in a good rhythm or they they you know they're being exploited or something, and other coaches can't realize it and their stubbornness or their ego gets in the way and and they just lead their team you know down the dark tunnel of despair they had yeah, to go back to it chris the past two games now we have 11 sacks yeah that's right 13 tackles for a loss was this 11 pass deflections and 21 quarterback hits in just the past two games yeah, and they had seven sacks through their first eight games. That's, yeah, seven. They went, they went five in a row without even one. They had one in week one, three in week two, one in week three, and then it was zero, 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 like, I, zero. I kind of feel like this is even more. Like we were just like we said, how the hell does Dan Quinn still have a job before they're by? I kind of feel like this is even more reason he should be fired at this point. Like because if you you. 
like the talent didn't change that much. No, I know it's, it's just... it doesn't. Sometimes you see a spark like that, but it is puzzling, is because he is a def- he's a defensive guy. I mean, this is his thing, and he turns it over, and then they, they start playing. Yeah, he's a guy. But listen, over the last two weeks, they've outscored the Saints and the Panthers fifty-five to twelve. 55 to 12. This was a team that got blown out at home by the Titans and they were really in, in no other game. They lost to Arizona earlier in the year. So, uh, very, very interesting team. Do you want to go there now, Brad, and just get it out of the way with the Bears? I mean, cause uh, what else yeah, are we going to say? Because... Trubisky was pulled out of that game late. Obviously, there was some talk later on that it was a, it was a hip injury and he said, Matt Nagy had said he wasn't going to pull him that late in the game. Chase Daniel came in and replaced him, but this is, here we go again with Trubisky. I mean, he looked awful yesterday. He's, 20, 24 for 43, 190, a touchdown and an interception. Allen Robinson not a factor. Again, the run game non-existent. Bears looked brutal on prime time. In fairness, there there were some pretty bad drops by his receivers yesterday. But this, to me, you, you can look at the box score here and see everything that happened and, and what went wrong. When Allen Robinson has six targets, but Anthony Miller has 11 and Taylor Gabriel has 14, I don't care if Jalen Ramsey is shadowing him. You have to get get your guy the ball. And you have to at least attempt to. It's just like Odell Beckham. Like, you have one guy at that position who was so much better than every other guy you have at that position. You've got to try to force feed him the ball, especially when you're trailing. You need to give him an opportunity to make a play that might swing the momentum of the game. They didn't do it. And they, you know, David Montgomery couldn't get anything going on the ground. Tariq Cohen was a better running back than David Montgomery last night. And it was, it, you know, and I, those are matchups. I mean, Cohen caught the touchdown pass, but that's not a matchup that you, like, no one was really excited about playing Cohen if they had to play him. No one was excited about playing Montgomery. You had the feeling that this game basically was going to go the same way it did. I was shocked on the other side that the Rams only threw the ball 18 times and ran the ball over 30. It was like 34 times or something. And that's like, that's not typical. That's the opposite, opposite uh, ratio that the Rams have run all year. And typically running the ball is not, not the way to beat the Bears. And especially when Todd Gurley's your running back. Well, but Jake, we but, talked uh, about this last week that we were, we called out Sean McVay. We, we said that Todd Gurley was having his best game of the season. He had a strong run towards the end of the third quarter and then he didn't touch the football in the fourth quarter. Clearly watching that game last night, I felt that Sean McVay did not trust his what is he, $135 million quarterback and Jared Goff? This guy threw the ball less than 10 times, you know, in the first three quarters of the game. He didn't trust him. And Gurley, with his first game, over 20 carries. I mean, encouraging signs for Gurley, maybe not so much for everybody else in this offense. Also, Robert Woods, late scratch. That was uh, that was fun to see, which capped off week 11. Yeah, that screwed a lot of people late, unfortunately. I even I had some people text me in leagues that I'm in, like, hey, you know, I, I guess players are locked, and I'm like, yeah, they all lock at 1 o'clock. There's not much he could do that. He has nobody else on his team to be able to plug in for Robert Woods, and that sucked for a lot of people. But, look, I wouldn't trust Jared Goff. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Jared Goff. But this is just a miserable game across the board. Like, there's a couple factors here. You know, Jared Goff didn't have Robert Woods, so now he's down to Cup Reynolds and Everett, and Everett was hurt and barely played half the game. So, you have a lot of factors there on his side, as much as I love to hate on Jared Goff, and he's going against the Bears defense. And flip side of it, let's give the Rams credit. And I know you said, I don't care if Jalen Ramsey was shadowing, but, you know, we give credit to Stephon Gilmore and all these, you know, corners in the league and stuff like that. Well, if you look at it and you go back to, I don't think Trubisky threw his way once. I got to go, you know, we wait for the actual real numbers, but I don't know if he went his way once. And if you're Trubisky, he's not Tom Brady. He's not 
you know, Aaron Rodgers, not top of the class of the league. And I, I gotta say, like, do you think that even if he threw 12 his way to Jalen Ramsey, like Allen Robinson would have caught two? Cause he's Mitch Trubisky and that's really what it comes down to. But I don't know. I don't know if this is a Nagy problem and, you know, he's not giving Trubisky ways to succeed because we've seen flashes from Trubisky before. It's not like he's the worst. He's not Nathan Peterman for everybody out there. It's like blasting the guy this morning. He's not Dwayne Haskins with inexperience. He's, we've seen the talent. So, you know, I, I think part of it is just he's always going to have to live down to or live up to, whichever way you want to look at it, is who got drafted with Watson and Mahomes and that anytime he struggles, he's just going to have, he's going to be magnified. And I hate, I hate this for the guy. Seven pass attempts for Goff in the first 40 minutes of that game yesterday. I'm sure it had, you're right. It probably did have a lot to do with Robert Woods, but you know, it was nice to see. And Everett. And Everett, it was still nice to see Todd Gurley just, you know, get that workload. So Allen Robinson going forward, like, what do you do? He's got the Giants this week. You just start him because it's the Giants? Well, you start him because he's Allen Robinson. I mean, Allen okay. Robinson. Well, I mean, you can't. Three points, he's a top 20 receiver in the one league. One point in week nine. Yeah, he's a top 20 wide receiver in the league, but he's been yeah. held under, you know, 10 fantasy points in three of his what, last for two four, of the last three games three of his last I mean, three of his last four five times this season he's he's dealing with piss poor quarterback play I'm, there may be better options four. out there but he's only he's he's only really had two like awful games the one catch for six yeah. yards against the eagles and the four for 15 well, three, last you night. go all the way back to the broncos in week two three fantasy yeah, points this week 41 like one in week nine eight in week eight we like this yeah it's Okay. You're gonna get. Hold on. You're complaining <laughs> okay. by eight and a half points. You're, you're complaining. I would. I. I may. Points? I may rather start Randall Cobb going forward than. No. Robinson. There's no way. What you're do you mean? Crazy. There's no way. Why am I crazy? There's, because you're complaining about eight and a half fantasy points. This is like the Michael Thomas argument from two years ago. Eight and a half, we're complaining about eight and a half now. We're really going there. Eight and a half is in like the week game. Like I'll give you the two. But of course, the Philadelphia the game, game was disappointing. <laughs> no, these are weaker just, games than that. No, yeah, but if you want to say you were saying three of the last four, and I said I wouldn't call that three of the last four were weak games. I say at the, at the Rams and at the Eagles were two miserable games, a hundred percent. But eighty-six yards and six catches, and I would say five for sixty-two is a positive side. I'm going to take you give me eight point seven. You're going to be a top twenty-five receiver that week. You that's just how it is. So if you're going to tell yeah. me top twenty-five touch, receiver, yeah, you're a touchdown away from being a, a top ten receiver. So it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's and and Randall Cobb just you know he did his damage in a game where Amari Cooper was was completely missing, which happens you know fairly frequently. It's less frequently this year, <laughs> but but I I trust Allen Robinson on a week in week out basis more than I would trust Randall Cobb. Sure, but we're getting to the point now where you have to make these tough decisions. You play matchups. Dak Prescott leads the league in passing yards. Randall Cobb has shown up back to back weeks, getting targets, catches, touchdowns, and Allen Robinson has two games this year with a touchdown. Yeah, but you know so yeah, if if Allen Robinson so gets a touchdown, you're, he's going to. Cobb against the 10. Patriots? No. Cobb against the Patriots over Allen Robinson next week? No, probably not. But these are <laughs> these are decisions that you have to make. These are conversations you have to make. I mean, you guys want to start Allen Robinson? Go for it. I mean, it, great. But I would like him a lot better if it was Chase Daniel. I just don't have any confidence in this offense. Well, it might be if, if Trubisky's hit backs up all week. Yeah, it might be. Never it's, know. It, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. There, there are some just dead performances. Quotes? What's that? I asked Brad if he put that in quotes when he said his hip act, you know. <laughs> no, he, it looked like, I will say this, it, I, I didn't think he was moving very good in the second half. I don't know when the potential injury happened, but he wasn't moving the same as he was in the first half, even just within the pocket or, or getting outside the pocket. And so it, it almost kind of looked to me like he was getting stiff. And I don't know, 
you know, if all of a sudden at three minutes left, they decided like, look, he, you know, like he can't move. He's not the same or, you know, it was just a change of scenery and they call it the hip, whatever. But it wouldn't surprise me if he missed a couple of practices this week. Um, just because I, I do think there was something there. If you're a Robinson owner, you got your fingers crossed that there is something there. <laughs> as, you know, as bad as that may sound, because <laughs> this guy needs Chase Daniel throwing the football and not Mitch Trubisky. The biggest takeaway for me, I don't know about you guys. I mean, this Ravens team looks unbelievable. And nobody's, nobody's even given them credit over the past couple weeks. Yeah, they're playing the Pats. Maybe they'll win that game. Oh, Cincy, oh, Cincy probably keep that close. They blow them out pretty easily. And then that game yesterday, Houston was never in that game, Brad. Uh, they couldn't get their offense going and the Ravens just made them look pretty silly. Yeah. And they I mean, this was the Lamar Jackson side of it. And even just the, the Ravens, you know, run, running game to begin with. This was the, the situation we wanted to see where, Mark Ingram's getting the ball 13 times. Lamar Jackson runs the ball nine times. I mean, at the end, Gus Edwards was getting a lot of play and he became, he broke a really long streak of, of games where the Texans had not allowed a, a hundred yard rusher because of a 60 yard touchdown. He busted off at the end of the game. So they, but they, he threw the ball efficiently and, you know, was just, I, there's no real way to stop him there. You can't blitz because he's good enough escaping the blitz that if you get him out in the open, he's going to take the ball to the house. And then you, you know, you try to drop everybody back and then he, he takes off running again. And there's just, there's really no way to defend it. And it's, you're going to have to outscore them. And now their defense, it, when they got Marcus Peters as, as, much as I think he is potentially, you know, overrated, there's no question their defense has gotten better since they got him. And now, now I mean, they're putting it. They sacked. They, they sacked. Um, Watson. Oh, Deshaun Watson seven times, I think, yesterday. Like it was their defense was crazy. You know, up the middle and and on the defensive line, their front, their secondary is good now. They're like, I don't see a weakness in this team. They're not afraid of anybody, and they know they've got the MVP on their team. Is this more about the Ravens or about the Texans yesterday, Jake? I think this is the Ravens. We already knew this about the Texans, and it's just finding teams that know how to get after that offensive line, which has just been their problem the entire year, even after adding Tunsil. So something we knew last year is something we knew again this season. And anybody that dials up that much pressure the entire game, which nonstop, I don't care if it's Deshaun Watson, I don't care if it is Tom Brady or bring back Peyton, like that, I don't care who it is. You're going to struggle when you don't have that much time. And a lot of your receivers, which is we go back to, and what I kind of thought back when we had the conversation weeks ago about Kiki QT bringing balance to this offense is you had DeAndre Hopkins and Kenny Stills and these receivers and Darren Fells, who's, you know, slower and still, you know, a decent option, but you, you need guys that can get open quicker. And really it's Duke Johnson and Kiki QT and that's really it for him. And so even if you don't have any type of production consistently from them, you have really no reason for the defense to start playing honest and they can keep coming after, coming after, coming after Deshaun Watson. That's what we saw yesterday. So, yeah, I, you have to love what you see from the Ravens, though. I, I just They look unstoppable, and this is still – I think the one, one I want to take away from the Ravens is can we stop as much as I love the guy? Can we stop with Marquise Brown? Again, 50% of the snaps. I mean, he's Deshaun Jackson. We already knew that. But if you're going to give me Deshaun Jackson 50% of the snaps every single week, this is what you're going to get with. And what's going to happen is as soon as he has the big game, he's like, oh, this is what Marquise Brown could do. Look, I love Marquise Brown. But get us to 70% of snaps, 80% of the snaps before we start talking about it as like must start. People everywhere, we're calling it must start this week. Yeah, I mean, I saw him ranked as high as 20 
wide receiver 20 in certain spots. Just because of the high total, I suppose. But yeah, he's, we, we talk about this all the time on the DFS show. You want to, that's the perfect time to play him. I don't even know if I, I want to own this guy. I guess he's probably not 100% Jake still. I mean, that's probably has a, a well, that was a good part for the to game. do. Yeah, he's been dealing with the Diana foot Rossini for all year. He, he didn't look good and like, didn't look 100% in warmups. And I, look, I had him as a high wide receiver three because that boomer bust potential, but, like you said, people are ranking him and, you know, mid wide receiver two is a must start. And we got to realize this is the downside and it's going to be the downside every single week. How would you treat him, Brad, not only just moving forward, but maybe next year in keeper leagues and dynasty leagues? After you see these dead games, are you willing to go and buy him knowing that he's going to win you some weeks, but he'll probably lose you other time, other weeks? Um, I, I, those are the kind of guys to me, those are just like satellite backs. I, that's not my favorite play in, in fantasy unless it's, I've got two guys ahead of him that I can trust. If I if I'm sitting on like, you know, Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin on, uh, ahead of him, and then he's my number three, I'm totally fine with that because those guys offer you a pretty safe floor. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can you can handle a zero if he gets it, it gets you that because you're getting you know consistent points out of those guys. But then if he has a boom week, you you know you win league points for the week. So I they're they're not my favorite guy to have unless I have other guys that I'm I'm really excited about ahead of that. What about you, Jake? Would you buy low on Dynasty? Because, I mean, I, I'm sure there's somebody out there who they, they see the good, they see the bad, but they're they're probably a little bit ticked off with the consistency or lack thereof. If you can, I'd also consider selling high because there's still people that are off this year and next year. Just the hype around them just from this week alone is shown. And, I, you know, a biggest supporter of Lamar Jackson out there, Emery Hunt, is, you know, I, I think the only person higher than I am. And I'm saying this to say – you still have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Lamar Jackson's not throwing for 300 yards a game. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson is who he is, which is amazing MVP, looking like, I hate to use the word, but a generational talent. But you still have to understand that Lamar Jackson is still going to be in that 200 to 250 most games. And if you add in the fact that you are a Deshaun Jackson type of receiver, you know, if we were talking about he was a Golden Tate or a Julian Edelman or something like that, I'd feel a lot better. But when you have that kind of throwing level and you have that kind of boomer bust production you might still be able to sell high seasonal or dynasty yeah we said last week this ravens defense certainly taking shape in the first few weeks of the season they didn't dial up pressure they never got after the quarterback they weren't really generating like they weren't dialing up any blitzes and over these past couple weeks ever since you know they've gotten jimmy smith back they had trade for marcus peters five touchdowns in their last five games <laughs> they got nine sacks in their last two 11 in their last three a pick in six straight games i mean this team is is absolutely rolling defensively you could change your super bowl pick if you could oh, you can i'm giving you opportunity right now jake ravens are the team to beat yeah. right now who ravens yeah uh i mean i'd I, say it's still uh, you know it's, it's oh god you tell me in new england i'd still take it the patriots brad I mean, this is a team that went into Seattle and and crushed the I mean, Seahawks. I, I, they crushed. I mean, I'm the still path. I'm still going to stick with Kansas City, but I also think that that Baltimore is the team to beat. I will say that. Like, I'm still picking Kansas City, but I agree. I completely agree that I mean, Baltimore. It's not just their defense either. They're putting up. Look at the points they're put up: 41, 49, 37, 30, 23 was against Cincinnati. That was kind of a, a weird game, but 26, 25, 28. They're, 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 no one's holding them to 10, 13, 17 points. It's just not happening. And, so, and nobody wanted it, to start them against Houston. In fact, they were dropped in almost 20% of leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I was, that was bizarre to me. I, I started them. I've got them in a league and I basically dropped all, you know, I had a, I was, 
playing two defenses, you know, playing matchups before. And after they got Peters and I saw that first game where they scored two touchdowns with him and Jimmy Smith on the other side, I dropped the other defense. I said, I'm just rolling the Ravens out. I don't care who they're playing the rest. I've, I've played in them against New England. Um, you know, it, there isn't, there isn't a matchup that scares me at this point on the rest of their schedule. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Rams, San Fran, Buffalo, Jets, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh week seventeen, but that's a pretty good finish for for Baltimore. Okay, so the good, the bad, we're kind of jumping around here a little bit. But uh, Jake, I saw you put Tevin Coleman into the dock. I, I suppose you expect a little bit more from Tevin Coleman yesterday. You know, he's been pretty pretty weak over the past three or four games. Why do you say it like that? Like <laughs> a little bit more? How about a hell of a crap ton fest more? Like yes, this was Tevin Coleman with no Matt Breida. And a banged up Raheem Mostert, and you gave me 12 carries, and not even just the 12 carries, 14 yards against the Cardinals, who almost everybody has run against. Well, like, he only had is... 23 against them two weeks before on 12 carries. Right, so I don't know if the Cardinals are just the one team he doesn't know how to run against, or what the hell is going on, or, you know, this is, again, this is, the, the 49ers came out and threw the living hell out of the ball against the Cardinals, and maybe that's their plan of attack, but at the same time, 3 for 48 is the only thing that saved his day from being completely miserable. Devin Coleman was supposed to be an RB1 this week, and we've said this before. Devin Coleman's supposed to be an RB1. Every time this backfield is banged up and nobody else seems to be involved, it's Devin Coleman. Oh, he's in the RB1. And every single time he's let us down. So Devin Coleman... Screw you, dude. You're not even, you're a low end <laughs> RB2 the rest of the way. I don't care if the backfield's full or the backfield's empty. You, you're annoying. You are the most annoying running back this year. A hundred percent. Brad, you would agree with that? that? That's, that's probably fair. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I'd have to think about that a little bit as far as like the most annoying running back, but I do think from a fantasy standpoint, he's completely touchdown dependent. Cause he may have a game where he goes out and scores two or three touchdowns, but he's going to have a whole lot of them where he scored zero and he's not going to crack the top 24 at that point. So, I'm I'm totally fine avoiding Coleman going forward because I think this team now is jumping on Jimmy G's back and saying, you know what, you just did this without George Kittle. He basically didn't have Emmanuel Sanders. I know he played a little bit, but but he was on the sideline without his helmet for a good chunk of that game. Like Debo Samuel is a monster. He he has completely broken out. He, he looks unguardable when you watch him. It's like man, this guy he's big, he's fast. He is exactly what they thought he was whenever they took him at the top of the second round. And it, it shocked everybody, I think, when they took him with some of the other receivers that were out there. And But now he's turned into what you know what they thought. They got Kyle Juszczyk involved in the pass game yesterday because the, the Cardinals couldn't stop it. He was spreading the ball, I think, what, 10, 10 or 11 different receivers that caught the ball for the, the Niners yesterday. Jimmy G looked legit. And I get, I get it. It was against the Cardinals. But he also looked, you know, he was decent against the, the Seahawks the week before. And he's got a, you know, a, a mediocre schedule going forward. I think they're going to jump on his back because I think right now their run game is not the same. When they don't have Brita and they don't have this this two-headed backfield that, you know, they can put them both back there and, and make you at least guess a little bit, that – they're just saying like we're going we can outscore teams and they're going to try to do it. Now, on the other on the flip side, Kyler Murray, I know he only threw for 150 yards yesterday. He made some throws that were tremendous. And I it was I think he's just kind of elevating himself into that next tier and I don't know from a fantasy standpoint what he's going to end up looking like. He's got a nice rushing floor um, you know, but he he's not he's he I feel like this is Jake's favorite saying. He's a poor man's Lamar Jackson. And because he's not going to put up quite the the prolific numbers, but he also eight carries, 67 yards, had a touchdown. 
you know, two touchdowns through the air against a really good 49ers defense. He's done this twice now in three weeks. They, they have no answer for him. And I think at some point the leash is starting to come off him a little bit and he's turned into a really good receiver. Well, Jay, or good quarterback. He's a top five quarterback right now in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's as a, yeah. And I, the only question I have is if everybody's healthy, I just don't know what to make it. It's Shana Hannigan's all over again, but just also with the, including the quarterback position. Is any given week going to be the, hey, let's go run happy or just, uh, I would love to say yes, buy in and involved, but oh, wow, that's, it's just, he's in the QB1 conversation. I'm not going to put him in. Would you put him ahead of Matthew Stafford the rest of the, I'm just, I'm <laughs> my boy Stafford. <laughs> you broke him. Uh, you broke, broke him, him, dude. Yeah, broke. Kenny Galladay too on the way. I mean, it seems to be good news for Marvin Jones. He's getting catching a couple touchdowns. He's got three, I think, in his two games with Jeff Driscoll. But yeah, I, mean, I broke Matthew Stafford. I'm bummed about it. But yeah, Kyle Allen, right? Or Kyle, I mean, both of them. I just mixed them both up. Kyle Allen, Kyler Murray is a top five quarterback right now, and Josh Allen is number six on this season. And I saw some rumblings this morning that oh, trade him. You got to trade him right now. Most deadlines have probably already passed. But how do you feel, Jake, about Allen now that the schedule is going to really start to turn for the Bills? Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England to finish up for Josh Allen. QB1 this past week, John Brown, wide receiver one. He's wide receiver 14 on the season. Only two guys have at least 50 receiving yards in every game this year. I think we know one of them, Michael Thomas. The other one is John Brown. How do you treat these guys moving forward just because of what they've done, you're putting them in your lineup, or are you a little nervous? Do you agree with people saying sell sell them and don't put them in, in your lineups? Yeah, there's actually a, a good amount of the trade deadlines this week, so if you have that opportunity. But this is for people out there that are like, can't believe you say sell high now. But No, this is why you sold high. And again, I'm not saying like ha-ha in your face, but this is to explain for everybody so they understand going forward. The reason you sold high last week is because now everybody knows and everybody sees the same thing you see. It's yeah, he had a great game, Josh Allen. Yeah, John Brown scored twice and had a great game. Yes, they both did. And yes, if you needed that win, that's understandable. You need to make it in the playoffs, understandable. But if you sold high last week, you got him at peak value without the discount of people knowing you're going to try and move away, knowing that you're looking at the future and going ahead, and not also with the pressure of the deadline on top of you. So all those factors in is that schedule is abysmal. I, I've been saying in the sell high for two or three weeks now, Josh Allen, John Brown, especially John Brown. I don't want John Brown facing number one corners of the likes of Stephon Gilmore because as much as I love Josh Allen, it goes back to the Lamar Jackson argument with the Ravens. He's still often in the 220-ish, 230-ish range. Sometimes doesn't even throw for a touchdown because he's running for one or gave two to the running backs and one to a tight end. Or He's Josh Allen, and it's fun. It's great for fantasy purposes for his own value, and he's the one to sell high or sell High lesser than you would John Brown, but I would do everything I possibly could to get rid of John Brown before the schedule rolls out. Brad, is he do enough on the ground for you to to play him against those teams moving forward? He's got seven rushing touchdowns, three thirty one rushing yards. It's third behind Murray and of course Lamar at one. Yeah, I, I mean, I typically do. There's there's the only the only really bad fantasy game he's had all year was against the Patriots in Week Four. And, you know, he was uh, abysmal. The Patriots defense was completely rolling, um, you know, uh, but they weren't having – they were able to run the ball that game. I think Frank Gore had over 100 yards against the Patriots. So they were able to stay in that game without using him. Going forward, I like – the schedule is is not great, but I don't think it's, it's like, awful. oh, you, you can't play them. Like, I, I, I'm okay playing him. I'm okay playing him against, against Dallas – I, I don't mind him against Denver either, but yeah, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England, wow. when he, week 14, 15, 16. 
I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. So, Alan, or <laughs> Alan or Carson Wentz. Hold on. I want to backtrack one second. You just said, I guess Denver, you're okay? I said I don't I mind. Denver. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't mind. I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins was able to have a pretty decent fantasy game on with options. one wide receiver, one up. Yeah, the, with one the, weapon. You know, the Chiefs, the Chiefs and the Cardinals have bye weeks this week, so if you've got Mahomes or, or Kyler Murray, you may not have a ton of options on your waiver wire. Yeah, but He's let's also talk about the difference between – let's talk about the difference between Kirk Cousins with no Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook getting shut down and being able to be Kirk Cousins versus Josh Allen. I'm just – there's no way. I'm not saying I'm, – I'm not concerned. I'm 100% concerned. If Chris Harris just says, you know what, screw it, I'm all over John Brown, real, I, there's no way. I, I, there's no way I'm taking that game. The only one that I'm okay with in the schedule, as you just mentioned, Broncos, Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Patriots, and Patriots are weak on the road to freaking week 16. I am not rolling out Josh Allen or John Brown in my championship game, even if they No, got I don't there. think there's... anybody's saying that. No, no, no. no but there's I, no chance. No, I know. Even week 14, I, 15, 16, those playoff matchups, Baltimore, right. Pittsburgh, the Cowboys England, aren't no that, too. the Cowboys aren't like that cake easy one too if they decide to take away your number one. And that's where I go back to Josh Allen. The rushing upside saves him. And that's why I said I would be more okay with Josh Allen, especially the quarterback position. He's still going to be in the QB1 discussion. He'll be low end QB1 the rest of the way. But I don't want to touch John Brown a single week the rest of the year. He will have a good game or two. I don't know which game is going to be, though, and that's my problem. So Brad seems to like him a little bit more than you. Josh Allen, rest of the way, or Carson Wentz coming off probably his worst game ever, uh, 50% completion rate. His wide receiver is averaging 73 yards per game over the last seven games, but knowing after this week Seattle, Miami, Giants, Washington, Dallas. Does it turn around for Carson Wentz, or is this guy just completely off your roster, Brad? Uh, I mean, I don't know, because there's still a lot of upside. And, and if you look at just, like, fan, the fantasy points allowed against these teams, the Seahawks and the Dolphins are two great matchups coming up, you know, as far as what they're giving up to quarterbacks. The Giants in Week 14 is a pretty good matchup. The Redskins don't scare you, but most, like, they're part of the reason they're – they haven't allowed a ton of fantasy points passing is because teams are beating them and not needing to pass them. And so I, I don't know. The only, the only matchup that I really don't like is week 16 against the Cowboys. I would probably rather play him than Josh Allen, but I also, it would really, really help if Alshon Jeffrey's back because he, his cast of, of pass catchers right now is just atrocious. Whoever their, whatever their GM, uh, you know, has a Howie Roseman. Is that, is that their GM? Yes. They're, they're, collective group of pass catchers if they're not going to run you know goddard out there all the time in in running routes he i mean he had what three catches yesterday if they're if they're not running two tight ends you can't be starting our sega whiteside is not ready mile or jordan matthews is a shell of who he used to be nelson Aguilar drops about every third pass thrown to him and it's i mean who else is out there mac hollins like he's he must be atrocious because he only played like 11% of the snaps yesterday. So th- there isn't anybody there that scares you outside of Zach Ertz. And you play a team, you know, like the Patriots. They, they, Patriots, I thought were trying to take Ertz away yesterday. They had, they had Stephon Gilmore on Ertz a lot of the time yesterday. And he still ended up with nine catches, 94 yards because Wentz knows that's the only guy I have that I can completely trust. Yeah, wide receivers only caught six of 17 passes thrown to them. Um, Eagles were up 10 nothing in that game before Lane Johnson left, and then it, it kind of went all downhill from there. How do you treat Carson Wentz moving forward, Jake? Yeah, so I've actually been buying low on Carson Wentz or suggested also to buy low on Carson Wentz because of the schedule. But at this point, I mean, Brad said it too. He's like, you know, is Alshon Jeffrey healthy? Well, so that's the problem is I don't know Alshon Jeffrey is healthy the rest of the way. I don't know. Well, we do know Lane Johnson's not going to be the rest of the way. So I, I don't know that I can 
anymore. It was the entire uh, idea that at least a healthy, healthy Alshon Jeffrey, and also like no Jordan Howard. Let's right. understand. I, I, it is Jordan Howard. But that game yesterday was clear that this, without the run balance of what Jordan Howard has done this year, and we've talked about before in the show that the Patriots' run defense is the area that you want to try and soften them up. You know, Miles Sanders didn't really get much going in, in between the tackles. And, you know, that's not Miles Sanders' game, 11 for 38. We know that Boston Scott didn't really do much better. So you got to say maybe J.J., but that's the problem. There's just too many injuries. And I'm not going to – you know what? I'm not coming after you, Brad. I'm coming out the entire contingent because you're not the only one that said that. I'm not coming after Howie Roseman. The only thing I'll come after him for is maybe injury optimism and the fact of relying on Alshon Jeffrey and his history and Deshaun Jackson and his history as your number ones and number twos. But it was just this offseason where everybody was talking about how he's one of the best GMs in the world and he's constructed an amazing roster for the future and everybody's under contract through 2021 and 2022 and they have very few holes and look at how good this team – I think that's the only thing. He fell into injury optimism, maybe should have had more depth at wide receiver. We could argue that. But at the same time, this team has just been ravished by injuries this year. I don't think – there are a lot of people talking about the Chargers. I think the Eagles need to be up there as understanding, you know what, sometimes just everything can, can, continues to go wrong. It's something else every single week for the Eagles. Yeah, and it, it is. And it's the other – you know, early on in the season it was the defense and now it's the weapons. I mean, Warren Sharp, who we all love – and he was talking about the Eagles territory. The Philly defense had Tom Brady to his worst performance in opposing territory in recent memory. He was 8 for 20, 1.8 yards per attempt, 14% success rate, and a 47 QBR rating. And and the defense is, is, is was starting to get healthier, but now, no, Jackson doesn't look like he's going to come back. And Alshon Jeffrey is, has been really non-existent. He's looked slow to me, Brad. He looks like he hasn't been able to, to get separation. Maybe he's playing hurt all year, but for me, I, I agree with you, Jake, with Maybe a buy low with Carson Wentz, but if Alshon's no, not I, I don't playing, even, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't, can't do it. Right, anymore. it's too like, risky. You, to, answer, to answer your initial question, even yeah. with that schedule, I take Josh Allen at this point because the rushing. There's just you can't tell me that. I the only way I would take Carson Wentz if you told me Lane Johnson's okay, which is not going to happen, he's done. Right. If Alshon Jeffrey was 100, percent which I don't think we're getting ever again, and Jordan Howard is back, that's a lot of ifs, and I don't think you're going to get any of those. And that was. The entire thought process of Carson Wentz is that coming out of the bye, you know, back when they had it is, you know, maybe Alshon Jeffries had time to get healthy. But I think he kind of glossed over what is the more surprising part, as you just kind of mentioned it. Brady. The most incompletions for Tom Brady's career, career in the first half. That was the letdown. This was the let. Tom Brady didn't throw a touchdown. Tom Brady didn't throw for 300 yards. Julian Edelman was meh. If Philip Dorsett had a touchdown, but it was okay. And then Muhammad Sanu was got, he didn't even register four yards. Like that, I think that was the most surprising part. Yeah, Brad, as bad as Carson Wentz was, he did finish with a better fantasy day than Tom Brady, who is currently QB 23 right now for the week. Yeah, and I, it's shocking. Like it happened last week too. The Eagles secondary all of a sudden is starting to play well. And I don't know what the difference is because they, they were an absolute like target. This is who you go after every week of the season. And, and now all of a sudden when, even when they're playing good quarterbacks, they're, you're not able to target them. So it's, it surprised me how, how well their secondary played. Um, I, and then, you know, the Patriots couldn't run the ball either. Like they really didn't do anything offensively. And it was, it took a trick play to get, to get the winning touchdown, it, you know, with Edelman on the, on the wide receiver pass to Philip Dorsett. That was the only way that they were going to score because it, outside of that, it was, it was Nick Foles kicking or Nick Folk kicking field goals. Yeah, Ronald Darby back is, I mean, he's, He's not elite, obviously, but it does help them from some guys no, that they were dis- throwing out there. I don't want to say we, because I don't know about you, Chris, but maybe we disrespected Darby and Mills too much. 
Yeah, it's it's very possible because they were though both for for you know a good chunk of time, and and Darby is like he's a lot better than anybody else that the Eagles were throwing out there in, in the secondary for sure. So that was interesting. Lane Johnson, I think he's just dealing with a concussion, and I'm you know I think just like quote unquote just obviously concussions very very uh, serious. We I thought he was done. You know the I I haven't seen anything about done. I know he was carted yeah, he off a concussion yesterday. But yeah, I know he was carted off, but it was it was he was diagnosed with a concussion. So we'll keep an eye on him going forward. Oh, you want to know why? Mm. <laughs> it's because when you click on his name on good old Roto World, the last update from him. It was Lane Johnson's expected to miss the remainder of the preseason. Oh, so I just okay. I saw remainder of the <laughs> and just like S from August 11th. So that's why. There you go. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Sanders did get a lot of a lot of usage. Uh, he ran 43 routes. I thought you know that's that's significant. But to your point, J.K., he's not that type of running back. He did get 61 percent of the carries, but he's they they were certainly missing Jordan Howard. And I saw some reports about J.J. expected to get about 10 or 12 touches. Or play 10, 12 snaps. Zero. Zero. Zero snaps for JJ. Would you, I'd still pick him up though. Yeah, I did in a couple depth. leagues because if Jordan Howard's out. Yeah. He's familiar with the offense. I mean, everybody's going to go banana. I know we're going to get to him, but everybody's going to go nuts just like they did for Brian. H- and look what happened with Brian Hill. Like this is, hey, let's go pick up Brian Hill. It's going to be so amazing. Like, hey, I had him inside my top 22. It was an amazing matchup. And Brian Hill, and we got vultured with the Allison touchdown, and it was a miserable day. People are going to do the same thing again with Jonathan Williams this week because that's what we're doing at this point of the season with running backs. If you go grab Jay Ajayi, I would go grab Jay Ajayi too. Yeah, so let's talk about Jonathan Williams and the Colts because Marlon Mack left fractured hand, not going to play. Carry hand too. Yeah, not going to play this Thursday game too. Not going to play against the Texans. I, I don't know I the would, time. It could be could be three four week thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's very very possible. So what do you what do you make of this backfield going forward? Jordan Wilkins already hurt. Not a guy between the tackles. Naheem Hines not a not a guy between the tackles either. Jonathan Williams thirteen carries, one hundred sixteen yards. Had a long one forty eight. Um, treat him the same way. Brian Hill, you just got to grab this guy and plug him in. But what do you really expect from him going forward? That and not a ton of use in the past game. Remember, let's go back to his first year with the Bills, and everybody was mm, the yeah, gaga ness that people were going when the, the, high it was the next lots of high. Yes, and it was this. He was going to take over, and it's like, oh, okay, well, he got back banged up. I would still stash this guy for, the, and then he's gone the next year. <laughs> now, granted, his situation, I, I believe, if I remember correctly, was an off the field situation, yes, and that's, that's why right. they, re- yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but there was a ton of hype around his talent. Now. He's also bounced around since, and he hasn't he hasn't you know connected with a team and really gotten on a roster since. He's been backups and game day inactives, healthy. So obviously, yeah, but there's the a Saints lot of, who you know yeah, had Kamara and Ingram and stuff like. You're not gonna. But Ingram missed time. Ingram did miss Ingram some missed, time. Yeah. Yeah. Ingram. What I'm saying. So he, I was. That's where I was going to go next, Brad. I'm glad you. But you know, like, he missed time and he had an opportunity and didn't really do much there. So all I'm saying is he's had. A situation where, you know, there hasn't been a ton of opportunities for him. And maybe that's for a reason is that, you know, he's a decent talent. And I bring all that to say, I think he's a decent talent. The end. I think the hype back with the bills was always a little bit overblown. I was never a huge Jonathan Williams guy to your point, Chris, he is better between the tackles than anybody they have on their roster, not named Marlon Mack. And you could even contend that he's in the conversation with Marlon Mack. And I think Marlon Mack's a good comparison for what to expect from him. He's not a lot in the passing game, good between the tackles, but I would still, if he told me side by side who I want, I'm going to take Marlon Mack. So I say that with, Let's be conservative and let's keep him in the RB2 conversation and lower than we had Mac. Where Mac was on that fringe RB1, I'd put Williams in the mid to low. 
That's fair. I I could see him. I I think RB one is is maybe a stretch. Um, I think they're going to rely a little bit more on Brissett going forward, especially they've got got some you know kind of interesting matchups. Uh, you know, it, they're they're about to have a bunch of teams that the Texans, the Titans, the Buccaneers that you can pass all over. Um, not necessarily great run defenses to, to go against. So if he's not going to be used to turn in the passing game, I don't know that I see him as an RB1 until maybe week 16 um, against Carolina. And, and we'll see if, if other teams are making defensive adjustments and Carolina seemed to make one on the ground yesterday. So we'll, we'll see, you know, what, what ends up happening there. But um, I, I think it's going to be a lot of passing attack going forward. And, and so I don't see, I think it's Naheem Hines actually has a, a little, you know, little better opportunity to be an RB one each week than than Williams does. Yeah, Williams caught a ball, but I wouldn't. Yeah, we're, we all we're all in agreement here. I wouldn't expect that going forward. Okay, so from one waiver wire pickup to another, and I don't even want to ask the question because it does make me sick. And what Matt Patricia does with all these running backs, Bo Scarborough comes out of nowhere yesterday. Fourteen <laughs> carries, fifty-five yards, has a touchdown. JD McKissick three carries. We we weren't excited about JD McKissick's involvement uh, on the ground. He he has been involved over the past couple weeks through the air. He caught three of his four targets for. 40 yards, but Ty Johnson's the big one here. I mean, he has one catch for zero yards. It was just the one target uh, and two carries for six. People the same way that people got excited about Brian Hill, maybe Jonathan Williams this week. There was some excitement a few weeks about, ago about Ty Johnson, but Jake, can you even get involved here with Bo Scarborough? Um, you know, coming this week, Washington, Chicago, mini Tampa. It's not phenomenal, but there may be some people out there in deeper formats that just need a guy to touch the ball 10 times. So I was higher than most. On Scarborough this week, but I don't think it's a good 10 to 12 spots, but I still have him as an RB4 slash 5 because of if course. they just picked him off the practice squad, it is the Lions, it is Matt Patricia's, everything you said. Uh, so the two-edged sword here is one is the Cowboys have actually been pretty forgiving against the run at times. Bo Scarborough brings something that the Lions don't have. They don't have, he's, what I wrote about last year, so now this not past draft the year before this when he came out. I said he's like Derrick Henry, is that once he gets going, it's hard to take him down, but if you can get him before he gets going, you can trip him up easy. He's a big guy. He can roll through. He's a, he's a thumper running back for everybody out there. Those are the words I exactly said. He is a thumper. And so he can, he, He's good in pass blocking, but he's not so great in pass receiving. So I would say McKissick's still going to be involved, as we saw yesterday. I'd put him as an RB3 because it's Patricia. It's He's basically Derrick Henry. you got to downgrade him because of that in half point, full point PPR, and just overall as the touches. I think a 14 to 17 kind of touch mostly in the run game is what you're going to see going forward. So he'll be somewhat touchdown dependent, and that's why he's an RB3. High-end RB3. But I think that's where he deserves to be. Brad, touch on Bo and Kenny Galladay moving forward. Because um, go ahead. I mean, just go. Yeah. So uh, you know, I I feel the same way as Jake about Bo. Like he, I think he's like number one. He's going to get goal line carries. He's a monster. He's you know six one two forty or something like that. So so he he uh, he's going to get the goal line carries, the short yardage stuff. They their best running back is Jeff Driscoll. And I don't know how long now, you know, the report came out yesterday about Matt, Matt Stafford potentially missing up to six yeah, weeks, although well, you know, he may he's, not. He's done. But yeah, so it, if that happens, Driscoll, Driscoll was good yesterday. Like he, I mean, he's got a, a, you know, a fairly safe floor, you know, because of that rushing five for 37 against the Bears two weeks ago. Um, last, you know, yesterday eight for 51 and a touchdown against the Cowboys. He also threw for two touchdowns. He's starting to get a, I think just a feel, he's a really good athlete. He's fun to watch. I like, 
You know, he's if if Kyler Murray's a poor man's Lamar Jackson, then he's a poor man's Kyler Murray. And no, he's Josh Allen. Hey, hey, Brad, would you would you say he's that's fair? Sneaky that's... Ath- would you say he's sneaky athletic? Would you say he has the <laughs> no? Brain? I I I don't say that. If he was a wide <laughs> receiver, a I would rat? say that. <laughs> but he, you know, he's he's uh he's got. I mean, I love the matchup against the Redskins next week. That's you know, barring some kind of bad weather or something in Washington, I think that's a really good matchup um, because he he's gonna beat you with his feet. Also, um, I I don't know uh, going forward. It, he, there's some decent pass matchups. The the Bears are so so. They're they're a decent defense. They played really good in the second half yesterday. But I don't know how much of that was was Jared Goff. And I think there's a chance Jeff Driscoll is is a better fantasy quarterback than Jared Goff right now. Oh, he's, um, he's super it, scrappy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. He's scrappy. So, but they he's got the Vikings, um, you know, on the road, which will probably be a dome game. Then the Buccaneers week 15, which is like this super inviting playoff matchup in in fantasy playoffs. So. Uh, it's it's possible if if Stafford's not back by then, then you know Driscoll might be a good decent guy to own. The Galladay usage scares me because they he didn't even get a target until the second half of that game, and he ended up with five, but he was completely non-existent in the first half. And you know they were, I don't know if they just couldn't get a flow going, but it was it was interesting. It was um I I, I trust Galladay going forward because I think at some point they they start telling him like look and and the one that Galladay caught. Was was kind of scrambling for your life, chuck it up and let Galladay make a play, and he made an unbelievable catch on it for a thirty-four yard catch. But it was that was the only time where he got you know got used was on a jump ball type play. Um, you know he had five targets, but you know some of those were th- were thrown away balls just kind of in his direction. So um, I don't know. I don't I don't trust a lot of the receivers going forward. Marvin Jones looks to be his red zone option. Um, you can't trust Hawkinson. Um, you know, Amendola maybe in a in a you know week twelve last week of the buys. If you're if you're hurting a wide receiver in in a PPR league, then maybe you run Amadola um, out there. But but uh, you know I'm I'm not excited about any of those options until we get to week 16 when they play the Buccaneers. So we're about an hour into the show as we as we wrap up, and it's taken me this long to say you know if you are listening on the Freeverse, thank you. Theathletic.com/slash the throwback will get you 40% off a subscription at the Athletic. You listen to Jake's show. There's lots of the ranking show. There's a fantasy hockey show. Dunks and Dimes. There's a basketball show. There's also a lot of good stuff. But yeah, I'm best on the board, which is a pick show. We were all over the Jeff Driscoll 13 and a half rushing prop. Cash it. So it'll be interesting to see going forward because you're Would right, you Brad. Did you say he's the um, David he does, Eckstein of football? He is not <laughs> the David Eckstein. That da- Eckstein's a winner. That was Wes Wilker. That was Wes Wilker. Okay, so, and Jake's waiver wire article will be out there as well. Will you touch on this Washington backfield, which can be an absolute mess? Darius Geis' first game back since returning, 7 for 24, AP 9 for 25. How about Wendell Smallwood just getting a lot of play on the field, not touching the football, but just being on the field, which was, I guess, a little concerning. But going forward, is this... Let's see what we have in Geis. Let's give him a, a ton of work in the last few weeks. No way. No. Sell high immediately. If your trade deadline hasn't passed, unless you're in a keeper, obviously, because you know my feelings about Darius Geis. I'm a, I'm a big yeah, fan of like Darius Geis as a whole. Uh, sell high immediately. If we're talking about the one catch for a touchdown, right. we're talking about seven for 24. Like, it's just a one catch for 20-something yards and not a touchdown. We're talking about a day with 40-some-odd yards. They're... I, I look. The Redskins are idiots. We know that. <laughs> and I say that as in their front office, that from the owner... To the GM, to the entire, it's just what we're seeing with what's going on with the, the, with the situation with the tackle that his name is escaping my mind, Trent Williams, and he's never playing a game for this team. Like, we know how miserable this team is as an organization, but they're also smart enough 
to not kill Darius Geis, who's had two injuries since being in the NFL, his injuries in college. They're not going to give him a workload, no matter how good he looked. And he looked, I'd say, as best as you can expect for your first game back after two injuries. They, Adrian Peterson's not going to go away for the rest of the season because, again, they know Darius Geis is the future. Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin are the future. Those are your trio right there. Adrian Peterson will continue to get 40%, 50% of the touches, and you know, so will Geis, but that's the risk of Geis the rest of the season. And if Haskins is that quarterback, who knows how many times they're going to be in the red zone. And even when they get, if you watched the game yesterday, even when they got close to the red zone, they might immediately flip off that channel because yeah. they just had a turnover, and you're like, what happened Happened to the Redskins game? Oh, they got all the way down to the field goal range and turned the ball over. Yeah, and Brad, the schedule is decent moving forward, too. Detroit, Carolina, Green Bay before Philly Week 15, but do you feel the same? I, this is a backfield I don't want to touch with at all. I, I am in agreement with, with you, with, with Geis, but I know, Brad, you like him as well. I'm a, so I'm going to go the other way, and and just because the Jets have the number one rush, like, from a fantasy standpoint, the number one defense against running backs all year in fantasy. So he, he did, you know, yes, he had a big explosive play, you know, on the one pass he caught, but that's what he can do. He has that ability where Adrian Peterson doesn't. Chris Thompson's hurt. He may, you know, who knows what's going to happen with him, but now they play the Lions, the Panthers, the Packers, the next three games, 22nd against running backs, 25th against running backs, 24th against running backs. He's got three pretty good matchups coming up. It, you know, from a standpoint of fantasy points allowed, I think they will start to use him a little bit more. I don't know that he'll be this, you know, 25 touch guy or anything like that, but he always, every time he touches the ball, he has that ability to take it to the house. He looked healthy yesterday, which is the only con concern for me. I wanted to see, like, is he moving quickly or is he holding back? And he was moving quickly. I think he's super eager to get out there and just run, run, run. I think there's a really good chance that he's really good the next three weeks. Yeah, uh, 25, I'd, I'd put the over under 15. A game. I don't think he gets over 15. That's fair, but with 15 touches, I, I'll take that for sure. I mean, he had eight yesterday, so I'll no, give no, you 15 it touches. Comes down to Haskins, that quarterback, forward. and you know how much put I love Haskins. On it. Put so, a loogie like, on it. Put a loogie on it. Yeah, I can spit on that all day long. <laughs> Good. So, by the way, Haskins yesterday average yards per. Oh my god! Like this Haskins, your future is great, but oh, this is going to be bad down the stretch. They just, they won't let him throw the ball downfield. It's like he had. That's not his game the, though. That's, so for everybody out there real quick, I know we're running long here, but what I said about Haskins and the reason as a Giants fan I wanted him for the Giants when they had Odell Beckham is because he's amazing 20, 25 yards and shorter. And he does have a good arm. Now I'm not saying he can't throw a deep ball. He does have really good placement, but that's the point. He has placement. He keeps receivers in motion. He keeps them running. Yards after the catch was a bonanza f field day in college. Part of the reason is because he keeps those guys into space and they can exploit that space after the catch. And I thought it'd be so great with Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, obviously. You saw little flashes of that yesterday, but I say that because that's where you're going to cap his ceiling, especially when he shouldn't be starting this year. I wouldn't surprise his average yards per completion is going to be god awful the rest of the year. Well, yeah, from yeah, a dynasty standpoint, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're in a dynasty league, if if he's still out there, pick up Kelvin Harmon. I know a lot of people might have given up on him, but I think I think he's actually going to be pretty yeah. decent going forward. And that's a guy I don't know that I want him the rest of this year in a in a season long league, but in a dynasty league, if you can get him for nothing or get him cheap, grab him now because at some point no, him and McLaurin are going to yeah. be the two guys on the outside. 
Yeah, and he is widely available in leagues. I would say even in dynasty leagues for sure. A um, couple of things before we get out of here, just some some wrap up. I know I don't want to get into too much of what that Thursday night game was. Just you know a disgrace really to football towards the end of it. But there were some injuries there in, in Pittsburgh. James Conner's shoulder looks like he's going to miss some time. Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson concussion. I only bring these up, Jake, because they got the Bengals this week, and and we said on this show a couple times because we've had questions. I know you've had them in the chat. I've had them in the athletic chat. Jalen Samuels, can I just drop this guy now that Connor Smith or that Con- that James Conner no. is back? No, we said no, no. No, he hasn't been a guy that's running between the tackles, all of his work basically through the air. But with the Bengals coming up and there's no Connor, I mean, just looking right now in the last day, his ownership has dropped minus 20%. So he could still be out there. How would you rank these guys moving forward or maybe just this one week, Samuels, Williams, or Bo? Oh, Samuels is name. It's yeah, Samuels and then... Samuels and then banged up Samuels and then the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, between the two, it's the team and the offense. I'm going to go Williams slightly. Not slightly. I'd say a little bit of a gap and then Bo Scarborough. It's, that's the committee backfield. And, again, this is a team that's going passing even with Driscoll at quarterback. They should lead on the run more. But, again, that's you're asking me to trust Patricia. Right. So it's Samuels by a wide one. And to be honest, if Connor somehow surprises us and comes back in this game. Don't play Connor, him. Would you play I'll, him? Yeah, I'll take – you know what? The same as last week. You know, yes, the Steelers did what the Steelers should do. They didn't tell us that James Conner was forcing himself back and wasn't 100%, and he got knocked out of the game, unfortunately, for fantasy owners. They they were smart. Why would they say, hey, just so you know, James Conner's right. not 100%. If you tell me James Conner's out there against the Bengals, he's going to be an RB1. Yes, the floor is a zero. <laughs> the floor is getting knocked out of the game again, but it is the Bengals and everybody and their brother. I like. I could probably get like 10 yards on the Bengals. Is that a risk you'd be willing to take, Brad, if Connor is active to roll him out against the Bengals? Um, I mean, you have to if he's active, but I, I still think, I, I don't think there's any way he plays next week. They're going to do everything they can to get him back a hundred percent and not run him out there hurt again because he, he proved with, you know, the five carries that he got. It, all you got to do is kind of fall on it a little funny and it's just not quite right. So get him back healthy. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if Benny Snell is going to potentially come back this week. Um, I don't want any part of Trey Edmonds. I, I, you know, I like him as a talent, but I don't think they're going to use him enough. This is going to be the Jalen Samuel show, especially if Juju and, and Deontay Johnson are, are not back. Both those guys had scary looking concussions. Like they're, it wasn't like the one where they kind of got their bell rung and they jogged off the field and then they got checked out. Like both those guys were down. You know, Deontay was bleeding from the ear. Like it was, those were not pretty looking. I can't imagine those guys are back this week. And at that point, like you've got to like James Washington, you've got to like Vance McDonald. They're they're you're playing. This is about the best matchup you're going to get the rest of the rest of the way. So run those guys out there if you've got them or if you can pick them up. And you know if you're hurting from a like I said from a bye week standpoint this week. Uh, but no, I I'm I would play Jalen Samuels over James Conner if Conner's active solely because I don't think Conner's going to get much run. It's going to be. Like David Johnson last week. Yeah, James Washington just over 200 yards in his last three games. Just quickly talk about Nick Foles, Jake, because we were having a little bit of a debate. It wasn't so much of a debate. It was just a discussion of, of what this offense would look like with Nick Foles. And, and if anybody had any questions about DJ Chark, I mean, you can just throw those out the window. And 15 targets, 8 grabs, 104 yards, 2 touchdowns. Uh, went to him quite a bit. Conley checks in second with 8 targets, 6 grabs, 58 yards. Leonard Fournette caught 7 of his seven passes thrown his way he did nothing on the ground only 23 yards on eight carries and then there was dd westbrook coming back off an injury had missed two weeks there was a bye mix in there as well six targets four grabs are you ready to put conley number two or you just need to see a little bit more 
I'm not ready to put anybody number two yet just because one game, you know, you mentioned it, D.D. Westbrook was banged up. Uh, if you look at it, D.D. Westbrook was 84% of the snaps. But Chris Conley, I guess that's where you would lean as of today, the most snaps, one more than D.J. Chark, 95.2%, 60 snaps. So there's 63 snaps yesterday. So maybe it is Conley. And if that's the case, you got to feel better about him. But I don't think – I think it's D.J. Chark is top 15. And then if that continues going forward, Chris Conley is a wide receiver three. But I would put D.D. Westbrook almost in the conversation of wide receiver three. Just I don't think there's going to be a big gap. But I don't trust Conley enough to put him higher than that. Tennessee coming yeah. this week and then week 13, Tampa Bay, Brad. Yeah, and and Tampa Bay, you want to run – you want to get all four of the receivers. I, I mix Keelan Cole in there against Tampa Bay because – they they ran some four wide yesterday when they were trailing. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Jameis? But if if Jameis is still quarterbacking for Tampa Bay, then they're gonna you know it's got potential to be a shootout. Their pass defense is atrocious, and so I I you know if you're desperate you know injury issues or whatever that you might have when that game comes, I I would consider rolling Keaton Cole out there just because, like I said, they ran a bunch of four wide yesterday toward the end of that game when they were trailing and and. That's it's you know it's a good I feel like that's a good process by the coach it's a it's a good you know good way to attempt to come back and use Fournette in the passing game um, and, and that's it's a good sign for going forward what those you know what they're going to do whenever those situations arise because this is not a very good team right now yeah certainly GameScript had uh, Nick Foles and the Jags throwing the football uh, quite a bit and got away from the run speaking of Jameis four picks two touchdowns uh, another disappointing showing from him there's some couple balls tip but Jake we I guess we you, you, I'll be honest you brought back OJ Howard from the dead this guy gets one target he tries to catch it behind his back boom and he's benched the rest of the way he's done um just completely off your roster I'm assuming you'd rather start Noah fan or Ryan Griffin going forward than OJ Howard or maybe even Cameron Brait who led the way with 14 targets 10 grabs and 73 <laughs> yards that that's absurd, and right. that was the upside, and that's the excitement, and that was the hope you're looking for for OJ, OJ Howard. Howard. Yeah, I, I know it's so frustrating. I, I look, I said, I you know, I'll, I'll be the fool, and look, I think two things here is one is Bruce Arians is whatever, dude. Yeah, you, thanks a lot. You're an ass. Like, did you like whatever? But no, at the same time, like, I don't think even Belichick, like, he's benched people for fumbling before. I've never seen a tight end bumbling a catch, any receiver, but like, just. That was one of the worst plays we've seen in a long time is from a receiver creating the turnover, but at the same time to bench outright bench the guy for essentially the rest of the game. I I just, I am a hundred percent baffled and nobody could have expected that. Although, uh, you know, would things have been that much different? Would he have had the camera break stat line? I don't know. And there's no, there's no way. I mean, could he have gone four for 73 and even a touchdown possibly, but. That's just, uh, yeah, there's no way going forward that you can start O.J. Howard now. O.J. Howard, 17 snaps yesterday as a result of that. Brad, is O.J. Howard a member of the Bucks next year? Uh, from they a fantasy standpoint, I hope not. But I, I think there's a chance that he gets traded before the draft or maybe on draft night, um, you know, in, in the right scenario. So there, there's... clearly Bruce Arians is not utilizing this guy at all. He's been a non-factor basically all right. season long. And Cameron Bray... It, if I if I remember right, he's he didn't he sign a pretty big extension last year, so they he's not going anywhere. So if they like him running routes, then I, I you know I got to think it's going to be Braid's job to lose going forward at this point because he didn't. I mean, ten catches on fourteen targets yesterday that's pretty absurd usage, and and maybe they felt like that was the only way they were going to be able to throw the ball against the Saints because you know Mike Evans only getting eight, Chris Godwin only getting six, um, Scott Miller got six targets. 
there, you know, there isn't wasn't anybody else that they really, really trusted except Cameron Braid in the middle of the field. So if if he's going to be on the field, you go, you, I feel like you can trust him and, and drop OJ Howard the rest of the year. Oh, Scotty Miller. And Noah fan, 25% of targets in two games with Allen, 15, Ryan Griffin, 15 grabs, 225 yards and three TDs in three games without Chris Herndon, who's done. So interesting couple tight ends that you can think about. They'll all be in Jake's waiver wire column. I'm assuming maybe he likes to dig deep there. 1201 will be the waiver wire column on the way out. We don't have a ton of time here, Brad, but your Chiefs are on the schedule tonight to play a football game in Mexico. We previewed them on Wednesday. We did preview them, (laughs) but Damian Williams, questionable personal issue. Uh, have you heard? Yeah, he made the flight. So I, I don't, apparently he has some kind of family issue and he had excused absences for a couple days. I doubt they hold it against him just because. Um, that's not really Andy Reid's style. So I think he's the guy tonight, and I think he has a pretty big game because the Chargers' run defense sucks. And LaShawn McCoy, is this guy going to be active, Jake? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. Well, if there's no Williams, maybe. I guess that's the last-minute switch. No, if you're a Williams, Williams owner, what are you going to do? Traveled. That was yeah, the Williams question. Is fine. You I, Okay. Yeah, and even if Williams, for some reason, say he is inactive for some reason, I think Daryl Williams actually gets more play than LaShawn McCoy tonight. All right. Fair enough. Um so I don't even have to ask you who wins the game, but Jake, who wins the game? No, I don't care. <laughs> doesn't care. <laughs> I bummed him out with OJ Howard. Yesterday. He's bummed. That's it. He doesn't care. The Chiefs. Done. The Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs. They cover, Brad. Uh, what are they? Four point favorites? Yeah, they cover. They they'll win by ten to ten to thirteen somewhere in there. No, I don't care. <laughs> all right well we'll be back on wednesday hopefully jake will care a little bit more i know week 11 has been the strangest probably the strangest fantasy week i would say of the season would you guys agree with that i don't care (laughs) all right it's up there for sure theathletic.com slash i don't care gets you 40 percent off a discount uh it's actually the slash the throwback and you'll be fine we'll be back on wednesday from jake silly all in kid brad jiggler at brad jiggler myself at chris meany Enjoy the football game tonight. Uh, look for that Chargers upset. We'll see you on Wednesday. I don't care. Mm-hmm.